again to the Radiant Wellness Podcast with Jamie and Laura. Here we connect you with inspiring experts in the areas of food, healing, mindfulness, emotional well-being, and spiritual actualization. And today we're really excited to welcome our guest, Victor Robledo. Victor has been a health and wellness coach for the past 30 years. Nine years ago, he and his wife, along with their five kids, sold everything and moved into their 28-foot RV. Victor and his family have traveled to over 20 countries all across the U.S. multiple times. He was thrust into a massive self-growth journey that he never anticipated and learned about the mind-body connection, which he integrates into his coaching. So welcome, Victor. We are so thrilled to have you on today. Oh, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. So I just have, you know, full disclosure, I have to say to everybody, I've seen Victor every week for the past three years, something like that. So for for coach for um, coaching, yes, weight weightlifting for yes for weightlifting for you know Victor injury prevention. Yes, yes, um, and Victor also helps with diet, wellness, mindfulness breath work, <laughs> yoga, you name it, Victor knows all about <laughs> it. And so um, I, I would have to say that, Victor, you've um, made such a difference in my life, such a positive difference in my life. Um, I'm somebody who felt like, you know, I've been working out since my 20s, but I really hadn't been working out until I started <laughs> Victor. I'll just put it that way. In terms of just the capability of my body, I love to to rock climb and there were things I couldn't do. I couldn't high step very well. I'd never done a pull up or a chin up in my life until I met Victor. And by the way, three dead hand pull ups now. Yeah, right. And <laughs> what, and to to be clear, that means stopping at the bottom without using any momentum to pull up. So that's extremely challenging. It's pretty amazing. Um it's a tribute to her dedication and just to trust. She eventually gave my trust to me, like, all right, this is what I see. And this is the path to get you to this. Well, it's like the way I was going, I never would have been able to do those things because there were imbalances in my body that I didn't know about that Victor was able to pick out really day one and work yeah. on those things. Like Victor always executes to a plan. You know, it's like he keeps track of everything. So I can't recommend Victor. <laughs> so anyway, Thank you. So that's, <laughs> that's my Victor commercial. So oh, too, kind, too kind, too kind. Yeah. And so Victor, do you want to start by telling us a little bit about your background and your journey of how you got to where you are today? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, well, my, I mean, depending on how far back you want to go here, but, you know, I was born to both my parents were immigrants. They were both born and raised in Guadalajara. Mexico. I'm a first generation American. I was raised in Southern California. Um, I was that kid who didn't speak English the very first day of school. <laughs> um, found it very, very difficult. Um, as I went through school and uh, had my own particular challenges, which we'll probably get back into, had a significant amount of trauma that sort of shaped my evolution and how I drew into health and wellness. Um, I was given my first weight set by some, well, two of my uncles who got me involved in weight training because I was quite small in stature and, and meek in, in their minds. So I started working out really in, in middle school and I was off and running. It really changed my perspective on who I was and empowered me. 
Um, as I got into high school and did high school sports like everyone else, I used that as a catalyst to help me evolve a little more, learning more and learning more. I was drawn to anatomy, science, physiology, and then just watching people. Um, as we, as I evolved into that and got into college, actually a very interesting story is I was a business major because I was, I thought that's what I was supposed to do. My mom wanted me to be an international business major and, uh, and at that point I had already started dating who was then my, my, my girlfriend, Robin, now was my wife for almost 30 years. Um, she promptly walked me over after starting dating for a few weeks and walked me into the health, fitness and nutrition department and said, this guy's got the wrong major. Can you guys take care of that? And properly walked out. And since then, my wife has been very much that person to kick me in the tail and thrust me into that. So I started studying health and fitness um, and jumped into a commercial setting before I was 19. Um, I really realized early on that in that commercial setting, I'm like, oh, these got to know the owner. The name of the gym will remain un really unsaid. I, I was uncomfortable with the concept that all these people paid very good money to not show up because if they all actually showed up, they have a problem. <laughs> and so I would said, I'm going to do this different. I'm going to over deliver at that very first session that they get with me and say, Hey, this is your path to health and wellness um, to which I got a talking to like, Hey, you're giving it away. And I promptly said, uh, you know what, this is how I'm going to do it. I think it'll come back to pay off, pay off because they will know that I was truthful and honest. And just about that time, um, my wife and I, uh, well, she's again, my girlfriend was running a program in Coronado, California, teaching gymnastics for the city of Coronado. She promptly um, decided after an extended period of time of running that program that uh, she wanted a raise. She was doing all the work she was paying, paying minimum wage. We're both college students trying to make a living. And they said, well, no, we can't pay you more. And she says, well, I'm going to take my business and we're going to run. And that's where she prompted me to say, hey, you're great with kids. Why don't you help me? We open a business. We do it as personal training and gymnastics. And away we go. So before the age of 20, I was uh, in significant debt and jumping at an opportunity to open a facility where I got to curate the type of health and wellness and the programs that I wanted and give back to a community. And that- Can I ahead. jump in for one second? So can you just like shortcut it for in a certain sense? So it's like you're giving away the secret sauce. So what was yeah. the secret sauce that you were giving away that, you, that your boss didn't like? Well, I was I was trying to give a an idea a overview into like, look, you got to handle your injuries. You're eating as a problem. You're eating too many, you know, foods that aren't foods, right? The sourcing was bad, and it's only gotten worse since then. This was nineteen nine in the nineteen nineties. Mm -hmm. They were perpetrating, uh, you know, the vast majority of food that's on the market is not actually food, and that was the fat free time. So people would come into me and they'd say, "I'm eating licorice. It's fat free." Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> But that's still going to be a problem. So the secret sauce was to have a level of spirituality, right? So, they, hey, whatever that looks like for you, whether it's meditation, church, synagogue, whatever that is, keep that as part of it. Eat all, all whole foods diet. Work out with purpose. What is the goal? Because looking good on, on the beach is great. But that only most I found that most people would just burn out of the, okay, I look great for the beach, but then eventually like it's not worth it. Mm -hmm. But if they had 
a passion, whether it's rock climbing or mountain biking or that got them out there, they would stay healthy and motivated to keep going to the gym and then take care of those injuries. That was the secret sauce. It sounds like you were giving like a really massive personal touch, like a lot of time investment into your clients. And maybe that was the gym was more about quantity over quality. And you really wanted to give these people the full spectrum health experience that you actually need to make a difference. It sounds correct. Correct. Because if you look at the numbers currently, it's a massive industry, but yet 70% of Americans are overweight or obese. Like it's failing completely. So for people who are listening right now, if you could tell them, you know, what makes the most difference, you know, your workout or what you eat in terms of your overall health, what has the greatest impact? Um, I, I really, I really would say that it's that missing element that is a catalyst. I'll give an example for me. I have always found that the joy that I am experiencing in my life gives me the catalyst to go to the gym, gives me the catalyst to wake up. This morning I was up at 5.30 preparing my meals because I knew I was going to be working with clients digitally all day and I was not given that choice. I wasn't going to be able to. So if I'm going to, for me, you know, uh, Laura, I've trained jiu-jitsu very, um, that's sort of my sport. That's where I find my flow state. So flow state, those flow state moments, the way that you can engage in that sport, I think using that to grow the seeds of care and self-care for yourself, I would say is the most important thing. Then from there, you're stacking. Everyone needs a resistance train in some way, shape or form. I don't mind if it's yoga. I don't mind if it's resistance training um, in this traditional strength realm like I do with my clients. But if we use that as that question, what are we doing this for? And what can bring you more joy in your life? Then all of a sudden it flourishes beautifully. And like, hmm, I'm not moving very well. Oh, that flexibility. Oh, do these stretches to help you make that move. So if I can feed that back to you. So sure. listening, if they could look at, okay, what brings them joy? What yeah. activity brings them joy that they want to become more proficient at? Correct. Get joy from. First, ident- first identify that correct that's what you did with me okay fine what what is your sport what do you yeah. love to do and so i i was lucky i had one i knew it was going to be rock climbing right everything we do you and i is about really getting better at rock climbing yeah and it's real. it really allows us to be creative have fun with it because it at the end of the day a, a lot of um, they didn't mean to do that, but think about the concept the the pushup was being pushed as a, oh, you, you didn't sit correctly, go do pushups, you know, PE. So a lot of the connotations with exercise have been negative. Hey, you're not listening, go run a lap. And unfortunately, um, that is really coming back and affecting a whole generation. And I can get into that, unfortunately, from the changes that I saw when I had my brick and mortar to 97 to 2017, when I closed and what I saw in kids' physical capabilities from 97 to 2017 is shocking. Shocking. And these poor children, they don't know. They come in to have actually eaten any oftentimes really good whole foods. Um, they're not, they're not getting high quality time with their parents because they're, they're being run around sometimes and they come in, they're exhausted and the conditioning that what I was able to put them through, you could kind of see that they, they were getting weaker, um, and their capacity for exercise was going down. So how do you, 
Because that was my question, like how, when people come to you and what if they don't already have a sport or a passion or you're, you know, you're describing these kids that have low energy and maybe they're not involved in sports. Like how do you, do you help them spark an interest or find their purpose? hundred percent. I, I think the, it always starts off. If I'm dealing with an adult, it's, it's actually in some ways is much more simple. What did you do as a kid that you enjoyed? Right. Oh, well, you know, I jumped rope. Okay. Or I played, I used to kick a ball around. I used to really like soccer. Now it doesn't look like you you need to go sign up to a league, but if I can get someone to put a ball at their feet and all of a sudden it sparks that inner child, like, Oh, this is fun. It's no different than Laura on the wall when we said, okay, yeah, you can do that. Let's, let's get you started. And then, then we problem solve. Okay. I'm having trouble with the upper body strength or the finger strength, whatever that is. Um, for children, it's exposing them to many things. And my son actually has a very funny um, story that sometimes he said, my oldest son was 24. And as you guys probably know, I, I homeschooled all, we've, we've homeschooled all of our kids. Well, as a byproduct of that being in health and wellness, I always wanted to make sure they had a high amplitude. They did gymnastics in our facility. So by, they already had an advantage. However, I always wanted them to make sure they were diverse and taking care of the cardiorespiratory system. Well, Daniel struggled always in team sports. And so he never wanted to participate other than the gymnastics classes. So one day I said, look, uh, young, uh, young kids, uh, young adults go to school. They have to run the one mile test and they're timed. And he was 11, sobbed, just sobbed the whole time. I can't believe you're making me do this. This is horrible. And I stopped the time. And I go, okay, it was 11 minutes. Okay, no problem. Let's just get better next week. See if you can shave a second off. And the next week he showed up to me and he says, if I run three miles, will you stop timing me? Bing, light bulb goes off. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Daniel at 13 ran his first marathon. To give you a context, all I did was fan the flame. Oh my God. And so when you're dealing with your children, there is such a diversity in activity don't so I stopped pushing them towards team sports and said that's fine you don't have to do team sports he's like okay great I'll just I'll just run and we would when we moved to the Coronado Caves for some time he would run the clients would be like does your son is like Forrest Gump he's always running (laughs) and he and he ran his first 50 mile before he was 18 now since then he's really moderated the distances and he and he has a wonderful um, background and a base of general fitness that I think really should be that's the big goal all all too often i've seen mistakes with children and parents reaching in and pushing okay you like soccer let's push you into the most advanced club soccer team only for those children that end up hating it and being burnt out it's finding that balance and exposing them to lots of different things finding that a couple things i want to say one is victor also works with my soon-to-be 90 year old mother (laughs) And just when you when you mentioned, you know, what did you love to do as a kid? My mother did ballet at a pretty advanced level. And so she's been very sedentary in the last few years. So like Victor has her up on her toes, like, you know, half toe, yeah, half toe <laughs> and doing arabesque. And yeah. mom is loving it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so th- that was one thing. It just, it's, yeah, it's cool to, to watch how you work. And the other thing that I notice, I have to have a lot of rock climbing partners because I notice they all get injured. Sure. And I, and I don't tend to get injured. 
And yeah. I think it's because you keep my body so balanced with the exercises you choose for me. Yeah, that's absolutely. And this goes into some of the more simple at this point i can see someone given um given the amount of time and knowing oh this is where they're going to have predispositions and so creating good muscular balance and all that research is done that's that's physical therapy and i started off as a physical therapy major um and just got into the clinical setting and decided that wasn't for me in the large part to the fact that a lot of people didn't want to be fixed they were on workers comp they don't need to be fixed they get paid to be off of work it's a vacation and so I didn't want to do that. But then I just started bringing that in more and trying to figure out what what works for each individual sport. And then getting uncomfortable every day working with people. Do you know anything about lacrosse? Nope, but I'll figure it out. Let's go. Do you know anything about water polo? Nope, I'll figure it out. Let's go. So a lot of people would come with me with their children and give me massive exposure. And then I started looking deeper and going, okay, well, what are, what are the most common injuries with those? How do we prevent those? How do I create balance? How can I predict um, this person might potentially get hurt within the next few weeks. Okay, I'd bring in stress management, common stress management. Hey, how are you? That's how we start sessions. How was your day? How is work? And I start going, check. Okay, so we've got a little bit of stress over here. How is sleep? Check. And then you start bringing in those because a lot of people are so close to the problem, they have a tendency to not be able to see that this is coming. Here it comes. There's an injury coming. And so that is probably... Um, something that I made a living out of doing is being able to fix people that often couldn't be fixed. Incidentally, your 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 mom yesterday, we did plie relevé, plie relevé. I don't know <laughs> when you talk to her, you'll ask her. <laughs> That's so great. So let me ask you, what are the common imbalances in most people's bodies? Like how do people work out wrong and what suggestions could you give to them today to balance themselves out? Yeah, that's a great question. I think I spend the vast majority of time, if we compartmentalize the body, um, we spend more time, just like all of, all three of us here are all sitting. The amount of time that we sit is going to predispose head forward, rolled, rolled in short, shoulders, and tighten up the hip flexors. Each one of those problems can manifest and create an issue in that adjacent area. So the head forward and rolled in shoulders is going to make it so that you're more predisposed to having tight, tight shoulders. A forward shoulder is a weak shoulder. And so that will create potential shoulder problems. So posturally aligning and thinking about the upper back, doing two to three times more for the posterior part of the body to squeeze those shoulder blades together, to draw in those shoulders and improve posture. Then when it comes to that's what's what with me, I mean, I remember in our first year, it was all posterior chain, posterior chain. Yeah. So, my, yeah. And my posture has improved drastically since then. I think. Yeah, a ton. And then what we start to see is that posture goes the way in which you use those muscles. So the next thing I would always tell people is as you're doing these exercises, bring a level of mindfulness to what you're doing. <laughs> and what I'm saying is, when I'm working individually, I'm looking and seeing those muscles contract. Okay, looks good. But on an individual level, everyone can access as you know, the curl is, would be the example of, although that's not the, that's the least important exercises uh, that, that we do. Most people, when they do that, they can feel that muscle squeeze. Oh, wow, it's squeezing. It is hard. And so when you do your posterior chain, the middle, upper back, the lats, which I usually see a significant amount of inhibition in, visualize really finishing the movements and squeezing the shoulder blades. And when it comes to the low back, 
and and the hips i see a record amount of gluteal inhibition what that means is we got weak tushies weak <laughs> dysfunctional tushies and so the a vast majority and it's a win-win um my my guys don't see it as much but this but the women do because they first off they get shape and tone that they hadn't had and then now they have a strong a strong posterior chain that drives is driving with the glutes so the knee health automatically skyrockets and i used to tell my guys all the time because like, oh, i don't really want to do legs i'm like hey you want to look good coming and going guys your wife you might not care but your wife does so let's <laughs> put in some work <laughs> so i want to shift gears just a little sure. bit because a big part of your story is that you moved your family into an rv and you guys are traveling sure. all the time how and you have Four, four kids in the RV, five, five kids in the RV and mom and dad. How do you guys maintain staying fit, eating healthy, mm. a, a balance, the routines? Like, how does this work? Yeah, let me let me see if I can pull that apart a little bit. Well, let's take about uh, being fit. Um, the whole pro- premise of our of our travels was for adventure and activity. So part of the way that this got started is um we asked uh gabby my oldest daughter it goes daniel's the oldest and gabby at the time to do a gap year and plan it out okay if you didn't have to go to school well how would you plan it and we just ran with it because it was all for her it was all centered around surfing at the time and see the ocean still represents quite a bit uh, centers around our activities so to answer your question the easiest thing is all of our travels are centered around uh activities rock climbing mountain biking hiking um surfing if we're by the ocean uh and and so that alone like what are we doing today um when we're here in saint george it changes a little bit this is about rejuvenation um we're back here visiting my oldest son who kind of is trying to call this home so uh we're here doing a lot of yoga but it still centers around a different type of activity but activity nonetheless so that answers the activity question. The, the food, we've gotten to know farmers in every state we travel. We travel. Visiting with, farms and farm stands, farmers markets. Farmers, farm know. stands, ranchers. We know ranchers in, in all the major states we travel with, right? I would probably, to some people, I'm like, they, they just can't believe it. But, you know, we have two deep freezers full of grass-fed, grass-finished beef in our RV. Wow. That occupies a significant amount of space, but I have five children and we eat to kind of conceptualize um, the quantity. They're all athletes. So they're all, you know, they all put away some food. And so I just got tired of like, okay, I'm going to go to the store. I'm going to go to the store. I'm going to go to the store. So we started just getting to know ranchers and eating a whole, whole foods diet, high in fruits and fresh vegetables. You know, uh, my kids are these kids who like eat a, eat a, will eat a tomato like an apple. Because they just don't get sweet. They don't, we don't buy candy. Now that doesn't mean we don't have desserts. You know, most days we do make a, a something sweet at the end of a meal. And so people sometimes think that we're sort of food Nazis. Well, yes, we kind of are. We're really snobby about what we eat and put in our body. And I want to give that to them. It's just like making my kids do pull-ups when they were little. I hate this. One day you'll thank me. I hate this. One day you'll thank me. And they all come up. Thank you for making me do this. Now I can do all this with my body. No, that's incredible. And you guys all like the boo bars, right? We've sent you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, 
the keto i'm i'm fond i'm fond of the protein the protein ones the ones that are refrigerated like i always tell laura when i run those tests when i eat something i'm always trying to first off it's sourced so you're not going to find something that's not you go get the average bar. I'm like, this is the average bar is garbage. They, they haven't taken the time and care to go. Where does this come from? Is it well sourced? And then the other thing is that they're glorified. A lot of them are glorified candy bars. So when I eat right. something, I want to know how much time I got and I'll just set my timer like go. All right, let's see how long it keeps me moving. And so then you eat a bar that's giving you multiple hours of energy and it's giving you the sensation that you had something sweet. Well, then it doesn't feel like you're restricting yourself in a in a world where everything is so high powered that we cannot even we don't even think an apple is sweet anymore because everything is so over above and beyond. And so, boo bars are a very good example of something that's this is where things need to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we agree. What about the mindfulness piece, Victor? Mm. Um, I love the fact that you guys all like meditate together and do yoga together. Yeah. You know, I think we were on that meditative journey in large part to what was, <laughs> what was happening uh, as we started to broach and decide to sell everything off. What was important to us, right? We, we had cars and home with pool and three, that a big home. And it just got to the point that my wife looked at me one day and said, look, I want you, I don't want this stuff, right? I want you present. I want, I want to have something more. Um, and at some point we have to get Robin on here. Cause like, cause honestly, behind every good man is an even greater woman is my, my theory always, and I could not be where I am without the patience she's given because a lot of this with my own trauma forced me to like really reevaluate who I was. So the mindfulness started, especially that 10, almost 10 years ago, we were bringing a mindfulness to where eating and exercise. But then as I went through almost a really, really bad burnout when I was running Island Tumble in Coronado, I was asking myself like, what was, I didn't know what was wrong. And certainly doctors just wanted to put me on medication. And, the, you know, within a day, they were I was being recommended Xanax and an antidepressant. I'd look at them and go, I'm not either of these things. How I don't want to take this. I took one, med, I remember taking one Xanax. I'm like, well, throwing that away. I can't work with this. You know, I just was just what, floored. What were, your, what were your symptoms, Victor? So excessive fatigue, um, soreness, body soreness. Um, depression. There were there were some some issues when I when the end when I ended up in the hospital is I felt like I was throwing heart palps, and so I tried to pull apart like what was it that was that was that I was missing, and that's where that mindfulness journey started. Now at that point we'd already been doing some yoga, but we jumped in a little bit more to figure out and pull apart what it was that was essentially on the subconscious level impacting my ability to cope with that. And so I had, essentially I was in fight or flight. I could, was wired, but just exhausted all the time. And that comes a little bit with, with some of the things that I went through that I was carrying as sort of a burden through this time. So that happened at 35. And so we jumped into having a greater understanding of the stress response on the human body, which is beautiful physiology but also going, okay, what else could be amiss here? And so it got me to do, put me on a self-growth journey with Robin. 
And at that point, you know, she was spoon feeding me sometimes because I was just too exhausted. I'd get myself to work, get myself back, but I couldn't will myself to get back into it. So the mindfulness was about understanding and helping the kids to project into understanding who they are and uh, really understanding what they need to thrive individually and giving them that power. So what was your recovery journey like? Because that sounds like it was some pretty severe burnout. Yeah. So the first thing was um, hacking my sleep. Um, at that point, as you're a business owner, right, guys? Well, you guys running a business, there's never an off. Like you, the off button was really tough. I was showing up at 6 a.m. Um, I was doing very well in Coronado, 6 a.m. to about 7 p.m. Monday through Friday and like a half day Saturday. So that meant I wasn't getting much sleep. And most of that time I had infants at home and I was helping. So I was probably getting on average six to seven hours at the most interrupted sleep. And so that alone was starting like, okay, I really, I adjusted my schedule, maximized sleep, started getting standard eight hours a day, which most research, you know, says seven and a half to eight hours. You can't get it. And then to boot, I was the one, I never missed a workout. Even in the midst of all that, I somehow willed myself to go exercise because I knew it was, it was right. And so finding a happy medium and understanding that um, I use this with Laura sometimes, train, don't drain. We want to be invigorated by our exercise. But if you are leaving the gym dragging, there's a good chance you did too much. Then um, hacking and understanding GI health because my GI health from all the stress had really gotten disturbed. Really, my had ma massive amounts of dysbiosis. I tested positive for a uh, gluten allergy and a dairy what is, allergy. What, what is dysbiosis? Dysbiosis is a overgrowth of bad bacteria, mm -hmm. right? So I had already had, I was living on what I call bodybuilding staples at the time, right? It was brown rice, chicken, and broccoli. It was just standard. But for some reason, it wasn't it wasn't agreeing with me. And it, I, for me, I think it was the amount of stress by working, overworking, that eventually led to me and my downfall and then having that overgrowth. Most um, Americans struggle with a bad bacterial overgrowth, and that can impact metabolism. Certainly fasting can have a massive impact that reboots GI microbiome, cleans out, rebuilds it, and it comes back stronger. So I learned a lot about that in the process, adjusted my hours, and then started asking myself, okay, there is more. You know, I opened that business in Coronado with Robin, and I was 18, really, when I started working as a commercial at a commercial gym, 19. I got 50 grand in debt. And I'm opening this facility in Coronado and I'm like, yeah, this is amazing. But on some level I had worked without ever feeling out, feeling out what, what is next? What is beyond this? And then you get three or four kids in and you start asking yourself like, is this it? Just the grind? There's got to be more to me than this. So what tips would you give, you know, cause I'm imagining that a lot of the people are listening are feeling the grind, feeling the pressure, yes. feeling the anxiety, the depression, the imbalances in their bodies. You know, can you give us a few suggestions, like maybe three suggestions where to sure. start to fix that? Uh, the first thing I would start to do is start to curate everything going in, not only in the mouth, but in the brain. Um, I think that becomes very, very essential. So we live in a a, a dopamine addicted society and that 
uh, that can lead to massive problems and become an addiction of sorts like as well. Like from social media or what? Yeah, social media and even decide. I, I had a very successful gentleman who was trying to tell me once that he only needed four hours of sleep. And I'm like, okay, we'll do it one month your way. And we'll do it one month my way. And he wanted to lose weight. First month, he lost nothing. He changed his diet, but didn't change his sleep patterns. And the next month I adjusted, I said, hey, what do you watch before bed? Oh, I, I watch MMA. I, I go, you probably should not watch a violent sport before you're trying to unwind. Oh, it relaxes me. Really? Because the numbers suggest that you don't sleep much. So why don't we try it my way? So I made him read something that was calming. And then we started controlling and sourcing all the food that goes in. So decide what curate what's going in social media and even TV really be real particular about what's going in it should lift us we live in a, a society where everything is trying to put fright and and hijack our amygdala and keep us in like sort of like uh, the sky is falling chicken little be aware of that then go over with a fine tooth comb what what you're eating invest in organic and well-sourced food so step step one is try and make sure that what you're consuming in terms mm -hmm. of media reading is uplifting, positive, Correct. not kind Correct. of fear mongering. Okay. Correct. Correct. Okay. Second, curate your food, like everything that goes in, read every label, know, know the people you're doing to. If you, the best thing you do is get to know the farmers and ranchers, depending on what you, what your diet is and you're using that you're really curating and really making a, all all whole foods diet with occasionally drawing in some things that you know are well-sourced and are not going to create a toxic load on your body. That would be number two. And then really the biggest thing is to find something and movement that resonates with you. Movement, I'm a massive believer in movement as medicine. We move gently. The average person comes and sees me and if they're in the grind, um, okay, we're, let's just commit to the warm-up. Let's start off. Let's move like this. Lo and behold, a smile comes out. They, you could see them starting to uplift and generate chi, generate energy. And then we go into the meat and potatoes of a workout. And that, if you find something that resonates with you, whether it's walking or rock climbing, that will be, that will help you to propel into this next level of your health and wellness. That would be three. If you gave me more, I'd probably come up with plenty, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting, right? Because you're a personal trainer. I would have expected the exercise to be number one, but no, it's what's going on, you know, going in between the ears is number one. I agreed. Agreed. If I can get the head in the game, I can get the head in the game. The body follows. Yeah. I, I always tell people this because I have a very... Uh, a client that I work with for a very long time. I, I think I mentioned his name to you. He was a uh, retired blind judge who lost his vision in, in Vietnam. And I always tell people, I'm like, Oh, it's just so hard. I'm like, yeah, you know, so-and-so has a hard time when he comes in here and he can't see, and he's trying to learn pull-ups <laughs> and he's 75 years old. <laughs> like if we can, if we can just, the body will take it, but the mind has to be open to the concept. And so many people already stuck in this image of the self that they currently are. You need to focus on that person you want to be. And I, for some, when I work individually, I see you walk in the door. I'm already going, this is where I'm putting my, I'm like a visualize myself a little as a sculptor. 
ooh, I'm going to put this here, shoulder's going to be here. She's going to be able to do this. I had a vision of you climbing 11C likely before you did. 12A yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) And so the same thing has to happen. If we do curate the mind, the body will follow. But more often than not, that's where the burnout is. And that's what forced me to go upstream with a lot of people and start going, okay, why do they keep failing? I used to think they just lied to me about their eating. Oh, you know, they're just, they, when they journal, they must be leaving out a lot. In the end, when I started to scratch at the surface, oh, they're struggling with happiness and joy and sadness. If I just talk to them a little bit and lighten that, initially, that's what that was about. Now I just jump in the deep end. Like, hey, let's talk about that <laughs> and just get it out, you know? <laughs> you know, it's, 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 I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jamie. No, go ahead, Laura. I was just going to say, it's kind of like, you know, I think about like cheers and everybody talks to the bartender or the person sure. cutting your hair, but it's like with Victor, you know, you really want to help the whole person. So it's absolutely like, you probably know more about me than almost anybody. Mm-hmm. At <laughs> well, I, you know, in the end, yeah, that's, that's what I always tell people. I've mentored a few trainers and strength coaches over the years. And that's the big, you have to know your clients and you have to know your clients. And we've been in these plays. I know you. And then once in a while, I'm like, no, let's not do that. I know you want that extra. Just give me this many pull-ups. Let's just, let's temper it because this is the goal. This is where we're taking it at any rate. Thanks, Victor. Jamie, go ahead. Oh, well, no, I was just echoing. Um, I think that is a, the missing puzzle piece for a lot of people because I've never heard of a personal trainer that quite has your approach before ever. And <laughs> I've been studying Ayurveda for a while now. Mm-hmm. A component of that is, and what me and Laura talk about is like, what are you taking into your senses and cultivating a more equanimous and balanced environment so that your mind can calm down and you're doing that for people and then also just bringing in this holistic aspect so it's it's a very um integrated model that you're doing absolutely that is definitely more um it sounds like just more beneficial to people than just focusing on one area like just the workout or just the diet right the workout i mean look i always tell people like building strength that's the easy part getting you to show up consistently and energetically feeling excited about that. That's, that's the nuance. And so when you, when you do a workout there, think about how much there is so much data with everything you can access it. People go, what's a great workout. I'm like, you you don't see me for a great workout. You see me to give you some, to, to enhance your experience of life, to make it so that you're, you're excited about showing up. You want the best arm workout, best booty workout, go to YouTube. I guarantee you'll have a thousand <laughs> videos. But the question is, who's going to show up and if you're, are you going to show up and do it? And there are a few people that definitely do. I've always been on the side of excessive discipline with my exercise. I just don't miss. And so that's part of the reason I think I've developed an eye for it. But most of us, don't. a lot of people don't have that. They have, they have developed it in other parts of their of their career. And, and so that's that's sort of is really the evolution that we need to go. I think the U.S. is missing as having an understanding that it's not necessarily in the gym. If you like to go to the gym, I have plenty of people. I still keep a small gym in Coronado where people FaceTime me and and work out. But most people, they they have a few weights, a TRX, an exercise ball. We're off and running and you can make massive transformation and you can go experience some of the things that we do with our 
with our children, they go, people will tell me, oh, I could never do that. I could never get in that shape. Why not? Why not? Oh, my, I have bad genes. I get that one. Oh, genetically, I'm this. I'm like, hmm. I call BS. I usually go, I can, I can change that. The va- vast majority of people in my extended family are struggling with their weight, potentially have high blood pressure, multiple two or three medications by this age. And I knew early on, that will not be me. I am going to change I'm going to change my genes by forecasting what I want to look like. And that's that mind, again, that mind body. I want to be able to do this. I see myself doing these things, the third eye, right, with my children. Now I know what you are, Victor. You're an integrative trainer. (laughs) Next level trainer. Because not only that, and we haven't really touched on it, um, you do breath work. Which Correct. I is really unusual and interesting. I just wanted to hear you talk a little bit about that and what that does for you and your clients and your family. Yeah, you know the active breath work that I do when I was on my healing journey, especially during um, 2019. I found myself going back and forth um, during that time working with clients. My family left California, and they would always say how different I was when I when I arrived to them, whether it was in South Dakota, Idaho, Wyoming, um, in the woods. Uh, I, I would find myself like disconnecting and down-regulating. Finally, I found myself in this fight or flight mode. And I went to my first breathwork clinic, which was a holotropic breathwork uh, healing journey. What, and found what is, what is that holotropic healing? Holotropic is a type of breathwork that is designed to help us access stored energy as trauma in our muscles and fascia. And when I went in there and did it, I realized that I was just on the tip of the iceberg as to understanding what my body was potentially holding on to. And so I had this massive release and contractures and muscles struggling with breathing. Um, I went through some significant abuse as a kid. Um, I was sexually abused by a babysitter who happened to be a family member uh, as well. And got that all got brushed under the rug. Uh, and I had carried that inside me. Now, at the time, I thought, well, I had spoken about it to my wife, never really spoke to, to any friends, never spoke about it with my siblings. And so the writing was potentially on the wall to like, oh, you're going to have to deal with this at some point. So when I did that breathwork clinic, I realized we can access the subconscious and create more bandwidth for people through breathwork. Now, I went on to learn as quickly as I could the strategies that I needed to help people because during covid I saw them. I could see it. I could feel them when they're in the room. Oh, they're, they're have, they have a lot of pain. How can I help them access this? Or how can I help them drop levels of anxiety? And so we worked the breath work into their, their workout, either at the beginning or at the end, just to bring them center and mindful because we get so detached from this. You know, we are spiritual beings having a, having a human experience. We get out of context of that. You just think, this is real. This is real. This is real. And not really connected to the deeper self. And when we started to do that work, I could see metabolism change. I could see happiness. Level. I could see injuries decrease. And so it was yet another layer of taking this mindfulness in health a step further. Amazing. <laughs> when is your book going to come out, Victor? All of this all of this needs to be in a book, you know, it just needs to it, be- it, it probably should, but it's still in the midst of raising children's and helping them take flight. You know, we, a lot of what I cre- has given me the chance to learn this was predicated on taking launch into this lifestyle where we travel 
full time with our kids. And, and now we're like a gypsy caravan because we don't all fit in an RV. <laughs> so we have multiple RVs that we travel in. And so I have some kids that are taking flight and I'm encouraging them to take certain steps and, and hold true to their values and deciding where, where they're going to put their chips in and having the space and exposure to go, Hmm, who am I without, without my brick and mortar that allowed me to put, dig into a level into the psyche. Ooh, I had a lot rolled into who I was when I had that. Who am I now? Oh, wait, I get to define that. Oh, wait, there's something more to me. There is, Ooh, man, I'm angry deep down low. I've carried a lot of anger, resentment, shame. And so I needed to learn to access that to give me more bandwidth so I could be not only more available for my family, but even for my clients and go, you can be, your body will follow. Your, your body will be healthy. It can, you can achieve health. It's not in a doctor's office. <laughs> I promise you. Although allopathic medicine has its place, every single one of us is born with health, can be healthy. All we need to know is dial in the entire body, put great things in, curate the mind, and move. Move, exercise, move, work, detoxify the body. Amazing. Well, I, I, I would love to invite Robin on with you and have an, a second conversation where we talk more about relationship and sure. rearing. Because, I mean, you know, I have one, one daughter. I can't imagine raising five. And in a confined space. Oh my gosh, that just sounds like such a pressure cooker. And to keep a 30-year relationship, not just alive, but thriving. Amazing, amazing wisdom <laughs> you have to share with me. Yeah, thank you. I, I, I think I get that a lot. Um, how do you, you get, people do this a lot. We get into situations where they invite us over for a meal. And they look at my children and like, you guys like each other? And they're like, why are we not? They don't understand why a sibling wouldn't like another sibling. Now, that's not to say they don't have disagreements, but it is embedded. And, and you know, I can probably get on really pontificate about that, about the destruction of the family unit and how important it is. But I saw it in the children I work with. I see it in my children. I knew that I had an image of the relationship. But all too often, people are just trying to survive, just get me through the day, get me through the day, as opposed to going, oh, no, no, this is the type of relationship I want to have. This is the type of relationship I'd like them to have. And, and this is the type of relationship we want to have. And as they did age, I mean, everyone talks about, oh, teenagers doing this. No one does what we do with teenagers. No one does it. They can't. It's almost impossible because of the pushback that they get and the relationship that they potentially um, had with do, their- What do you do with teenagers, Victor? Yeah, I mean, you, you've nurtured them. I always tell, uh, you know, you've been a parent. You know, you you raised, when, you, when your daughter, she's misbehaving in the grocery store. You have two options. You may acquiesce and give her whatever she wants. <laughs> or you go, you know, this is an un uncomfortable situation, but I need to make sure she knows that no, when I say no, or he knows, no, it's a, it's a no, even if she's screaming, right? Okay, it's embarrassing. Yay, she's screaming. She's a child. We're having one of those moments. And I think all too often, unfortunately, um, and that's not to say I don't have a friendship with my children, but I am here as their father to help them, to help them propel to that. And so I always said that mentioned this to children that I work with a lot of parents would bring me oh I have to, why do they they listen to you so well I'm like it's because it's a line 
this is what we do here. If you break this rules, these are the re repercussions for you, for you having not breaking those rules. Cause you could get hurt. Do you want, do you think I want you to get hurt? No, Mr. Victor. They always call me Mr. Victor. No, Mr. Victor. And if you push someone, do you think that's right? No, you can't do that. Do you want to play with me? Cause we're playing. Yes. I want to play. So these are the rules. And if you break the rule, you have to sit out. Right. And so the same thing with our children, as we started to do evolve that, there were certain ways that I expected them to act, behave and say, and uh, with the help of obviously Robin involved in like giving them a mindfulness to help them use their throat chakra. It's, this is how I feel. Oh, wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. Why don't we go for a walk? And so that's been a wonderful thing. And the other thing that helped us tremendously is that we're always outside with massive activities. When you're on the trail for six hours, in, in some cases, you have a lot of wonderful dialogue where people can share openly and their frustrations and, and things. And that just wonderfully creates an opportunity for diffusion. And so setting up, when you're talking about parenting, it's like draw your lines, decide what's going to be important to you. Obviously, food, activity, um, um, a level of mindfulness are at the top of our pyramid. Uh, but certainly, we need to make sure we make those decisions as parents. And that's defy the norm, right? That's what we sort of stand for with our with our travel blog. Defy, defy the norm is our hashtag because you, in the end, you, we have to decide what's important for our family unit. So you mentioned... Um, you have a, a blog and I went on and you have a ton of blog articles and you have a YouTube because I'm just, I can imagine people <laughs> sitting there being like, we want to know more about how you guys, like your adventures, what you do. Um, so where can people find you? Where can people follow you if they want to just get to know you more and, and learn more about everything you guys do and all your adventures? Yeah. If you follow us on Nomads with a Purpose, we're across all social media with that. Um, the best place to find us is um, Instagram and YouTube and our blog. The blog has a ton of information about our travels. We use travels as this first touch. You know, um, when you travel to new places, you're, you're using Manipura, you're using this like stepping into something new with courage, with some level of courage. And we it's like a, to do that for everyone. Third chakra for people who don't Yeah, know. yeah, that's yeah. That's kind of the stomach. Yeah. And, and so using energetically like, oh, I'm going to this new place and we're trying this new thing and I'm going to figure this out. We are, we want to always encourage that travel adventure a little bit. And everyone is different. I'm not saying to go out and try rock climbing without taking a lesson or a class, but it, these things will change you. They literally do change your perspective and they do. And that's what that our blog has always been about. And um, it's, interesting having done it this month this amount of time to go through that and we have some of our our youtube or the some of the stuff that we've done uh as well you can see us there and you know we all essentially it's a family affair we're all hands on board in in coaching and helping others live their best life i obviously have an emphasis with laura with with the physical body but particularly uh gabby and robin focus a lot on the mental almost exclusively on the mental getting people's head in the game so that they can go because a lot of people go, oh, I want to do, do this trip, but I can't make myself. What is holding me back? What is holding you back? Let's pull that apart to figure out what could be holding you back and let's move on to live your best life. Great. So are you taking new clients? 
I am. I do always have a few slots available. Um, and I work with anyone who's, remember when I talked to you Roger, with your mom, right? As long as she's excited, we can make a massive change. As long as she's excited and you have that drive, I I'm always make time for, for people that are ready to make a change, a long-term change in their life. A quick fix, anyone can do a quick fix. Massive things are possible in a short period of time. But if you're into finding out who you are, making sure you have a body that helps you to thrive for the rest of your life, I'd be happy to help. And folks can find you and reach out to you directly on nomadswiththepurpose.com. Correct. Or on Instagram, you can message me directly on mm -hmm. our Instagram. That's probably the best place to get a hold of us. And then we can, I generally set up a, a, a consult and talk and figure out what, what makes that person tick and see if it's a match. Because even as much as we've spoken right now, um, I, and I've told Laura this as well many times, I, I don't resonate with everyone. There's some people that just like, just give me the exercise and be done. Oh, we're not meant to be, we're not meant to work together. If you just want to go do, if you want to go do pushups, just do the pushups. You go, you can go see any number of different people. You want to get down to the nitty gritty as to who you are. I'm in. And, and the other thing I want to say too, Victor, is you work out with people who have injuries. You work out with people who are professional athletes who are triathletes. Correct. You know, it runs the gamut in terms of age and physical ability. And what yeah. I learned from Victor, it's really about, you know, are you in, do you want to partner with Victor? Cause you're really not working, interested in working with people who is like, okay, just do it to me. Right. You know, that's not, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's not that. And then the other thing now is I, I do all of my work digitally. So you can be anywhere in the world. Um, using like we do technology was one of those things that was, oh, I'll never stop working in person. And all of a sudden I'm reaching farther and farther. I've my next client this afternoon is on the East coast. My next, then I have one in the Midwest and all of a sudden I'm now, I just need to see it. I just need to see it. And, and you don't need any equipment. You it's hardly need any equipment. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. I, very few, very few pieces of equipment to make the massive change. It does make it a little exciting. But everything you can do at home when it's a small space with a few in, with a little investment in yourself with a few pieces of equipment and you're off and running. That's okay. super encouraging. I'm sure <laughs> to a lot of people knowing that they don't have to sign up for a gym or, you know, get a treadmill or something. Yeah, the treadmill. I, I mean, look, get your feet in the ground, walk in the grass, go walk outside. If you happen to not be in a, in a city that you don't like to walk, I get it. A treadmill is an option. I've had plenty of times. But look, the vast majority of things that I do, I run the data. I, I have literally journals for workouts since I was in sixth grade. So when I traveled this summer, I was nowhere near a gym. But my intention was to maintain my physical strength, my mobility. And lo and behold, I run the test and go, I'm working out with these three or four pieces of equipment in this manner. I go back to the gym. I retest. There it is. So you can really build strength for very few. You have to know yourself. You have to be intelligent about your programming and have some level of progression, a little bit of challenge, but you got to enjoy it. Yeah. And, and, and the excuses of I travel all the time or I have to mm. eat restaurants. It doesn't wash. Yeah, it doesn't wash. It doesn't have, yeah, no, it doesn't have to. I have uh, pilots that I work with, I have consultants that are across three different time zones every single week. They travel with a little TRX or a suspension trainer, an exercise ball that they could deflate, and that thing pumps up in the hotel room, and we are off and running, and we can work the mobility. And guess what? We have a good time in the process. 
we can curate up some music and playlists and, and do some meditation and breath work and laugh and cry together because this is the human experience. And if we can embrace that human experience and go, you know what? I'm not a robot. I'm allowed to have these. And sometimes people work out and they're, they're overwhelmed with like, oh, I feel a little emotion. Well, you squeezed on your muscles. Those muscles have hold on to that. Let's just experience it for a moment and then move on to taking care of your body. Beautiful. This has been a delight, Victor. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. I hope yeah, um, a I wonderful hope come back and and you know and and talk with us with Robin as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. We barely had a chance to talk about uh, you know homeschooling and parenting and actually travels. <laughs> That'll be part two. Yeah, there's so much. There's so much to unpack here. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I I should have the kids on for the first shot just so you could because we're all together right now. So just for one shot, so you can be like, wow. I, I don't know if you guys publish this as an purely an audio or as a visual as well, but you could hear and see all the voices. The kids are, have. Very are they many. there? Do they want to like come say hi real quick? I'm in, remember we're a gypsy caravan. So I'm oh. in the second RV there and the oh, other one. So I would have to, but maybe, maybe next time we share it for sure. But, um, you know, we would be happy because I think the getting the word out, getting the word out that health is accessible to anyone at any level. I'm speaking specifically about really over the last 30 years of doing this and seeing massive changes in people. You are capable of any life and movement that you can really envision. Just take that step in that direction and then take the next step. But most people stay frozen like during the headlights and don't want to step down a path because like, oh, that's too hard. Yeah, Just take I'm, one step. I'm 65. I think I'm the oldest woman in my <laughs> in my climbing gym. And I'm the most physically capable than I've ever been in my whole life, including, you know, my 20s. Yeah. Yeah. And and I've told you, like in the next decade, you're going to continue to get stronger, more flexible. And it's all just having that idea like, oh, I can beat this to start off with. And then just curating and making sure we keep you injury and staying passionate about what you're doing. Well, I'm so, I'm grateful for you every day, Victor. <laughs> you're too <laughs> kind, Laura. <laughs> Thank you for having me on. I'm grateful All for right. you. Thanks. Thank you so much. Bye everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.